good to see everyone this morning. We appreciate all of you being here at Merville Baptist Church. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do today. I've looked forward to Sunday, this Sunday. Amen. Let's all stand. And I'm going to ask Brother Ron Bagley to come and open us in a word of prayer. How many of you agree with me about this, this thought? We all need Jesus to do something for us. Amen. Amen. Every one of us in this room, we need Jesus to pass by our way and do something for us. Brother Ron, you come on and open us in prayer. God, we appreciate the fact, Lord, that uh, we've made it through a week and Lord have gathered back in here in your house. God, as we, as we gather in here, may we not take it for granted, Lord, that there's others that can't do this. God, I pray that you'll touch them and bless them. God, I pray, Lord, as we're here, Lord, would you please let whatever it is that's happening here be a sweet-smelling savor, as you said, in your nostrils, Lord, that you may be pleased by it. God, give us a heart of gratefulness. God, God let us worship you in truth. We love you. We sure do thank you for loving us. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Main standing, page 235. Once like a bird in prison, I dwelt no freedom from my sorrow and fell. But Jesus came and listened to me and glory. God, He set me free. He set me free. He set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. A glory bound Jesus to seek for glory to God. He set me free. Now I am climbing higher each day. Darkness of page 46.
Amor 
Yeah. 
can tell you I'm nothing And I will be telling the truth I can say I am worthless A hopeless sinner, that's true But that is just part of my story I haven't told you61 years for me that I met the Jesus of this world. I'm glad there's nothing I can do that can keep that. I'm glad he said I was sealed to the day of redemption. I thank God for that. And like I said, it's been 61 years and never regretted that day yet. I thank God for that. Let's do page 341. 340. I'm more 
fellowship while the choir comes down. If you got any offering, we're going to break. be seated this morning. If you're glad to be in the house of God this morning, say amen. 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 Good to see all of you. We do appreciate all of you being here, especially our visitors. Thank you all for coming to Murrayville Baptist Church. Pray that the Lord will meet you and meet your needs while you're here. Let me make a few announcements and we'll get on with our meeting this morning. Uh, on February the 11th, we're having a Valentine banquet here at the church in the fellowship hall at 6 p.m., and uh, so remember that, be praying about that, and, and I know we'll have a good time together. Also, I've been asked to mention this, that next Sunday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, all the young ladies are asked to come to Sister Megan's house for a, a time of, I don't know what y'all going to do. Uh, just gather up there at Megan's. She'll let you know when you get there. Amen. But that'll be at 3 o'clock next Sunday afternoon. And uh, so remember these things.
Thank you, Miss Mandy, for singing that, reminding us of that place we call home, those of us who are saved, and sure do appreciate her singing that. I'm, I'm going to be preaching on heaven this morning, and uh, God led her to sing that song. Squire Parsons wrote that song many years ago and has sung it uh, most of his singing career, and Reminded all of us down through the years that there's a far better place <laughs> in this world out here. I'm looking forward to going to a place described in the Word of God as heaven. Amen. I would forgot to mention this. Brother Jeff handed this to me as, I walked, as he walked in this morning. It's, uh, back during around Thanksgiving, we gave out some Thanksgiving boxes with turkeys and all the fixings for a Thanksgiving meal and we gave it to a particular family and this is from them and they gave us a little donation to the church it said God blesses those who bless others your ministry in the community does not go unnoticed souls are blessed thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus to God be the glory please accept this donation to be used as the church needs and Christian love, Robert and Sally Usher, and we appreciate them sending that this morning. Let's all stand this morning, turn to the book of Genesis, chapter number one. Genesis chapter number one. <clears throat> we appreciate this good crowd on a rainy Sunday. <laughs> I woke up to the to the beating of rain upon our home this morning. And that song, send the rain, send, and I'm glad I didn't finish the rest of it. Send the fire, I, did, I didn't really want. But anyway, you know what I meant. But uh, thank God for the, he knows what we need. He knows exactly what we need. And he's taking care of his earth just the way he wants to. And, all these environmentalists worried about us wearing it out. It'll end when he says it'll end. Amen. And he created it. He'll end it. Amen. I'm not worried about hugging an oak tree or anything like that or preserving a spotted owl. Amen. How gets after my chickens, we're going we're gonna to have a tussle. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter number 1. One verse of scripture, and I've got it memorized. Verse number one. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's how this book opens. It don't, it don't go into great detail explaining who God is and how wonderful God is and how God. It just says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And that's good enough for me. And all of God's people should say amen right there. That's good enough for me. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I'm glad I don't believe science, but I believe the book. And so thankful that this book tells us the truth about it all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we're going to bring you some thoughts this morning about this place God calls heaven. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, we're grateful, we're blessed, we're blessed beyond comprehension. Lord, we can't even comprehend all that you do for us on a daily basis. 
the air that we breathe, the food that we eat, the clothes that we have on our backs, the cars that we drove to church in, uh, Lord, the rain, the homes, the bed. Lord, we could go on and on and on. I just want to say thank you, Lord, for your blessings upon me. Thank you for your blessings upon this church, how you love us. And we're thankful, Lord, that you keep blessing, Lord, day in and day out. Thank you for being the God that you are. Thank you for always being there with us and for us and seeing us through everything that we've ever encountered in life. As our choir sang, I've come through another battle. Lord, I can look back upon my life and honestly say that's true. And it's all because you enabled me and you brought me through. Now, Father, thank you for the day that you've given us and the time to gather around the good word of God. Bless it now. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You be seated this morning. I'm going to try to get through this. My throat's a bit raspy this morning. Last week, last Sunday morning, if you were here, you may remember I preached upon the subject of hell with this thought of whatever happened to hell. And uh, I preached from the standpoint that a lot of preachers have just quit they become silent upon that subject of hell, but their silence has not quenched any of the fires. Hell is a real place in the heart of the earth, according to the Lord Jesus Christ himself, and uh, it's a real place, and we can count on it being exactly what the Word of God describes it as. I want to go the completely opposite direction today, and I want to preach on this place that God's Word does call heaven. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. This place called heaven is still a mystery to all of us that are here. We've not, we've not entered there. We've not seen it. We don't know anything about it. We know about the earth. God created the heaven and the earth. We know somewhat about the earth. And even though we've lived on it as many years as we have, we still know very little about the earth. Uh, they've tried boring into it and they say that this earth is to the very heart of the center of the earth is some 4,000 miles and they've only been able over all of the years of our existence to bore about a little over seven miles into the, into the core of the earth. The outside core is anywhere from 22 to 45 miles thick and they've not even got through the outside core yet. And uh, they have to stop because they say the further they go, the more erratic the drill becomes and, and it becomes uh, very weakened because of the extreme heats. And we know very little about our earth. We know that it's some around the equators, maybe 25,000 miles. And even at that, that's a guess. And, and even though we live on this planet, we, we still know very little about it. And yet the scientists tell us that they know vast things about the universe out there. We don't even know much about the planet we live on. How can we understand things out, out there? I remember whenever space exploration became very popular, <clears throat> there was a space race between America and Russia. And the cosmonauts, the Russian astronauts, if you will, went out there. And when they got back, they said, see, we told you that there's no God. Uh, we went out there and we didn't see him. 
I, I thought about this. You take that little oxygen mask off and, and go without that oxygen for a little while. You'll see God. Amen. You'll find out that there really is a God. Man studies and he studies and tries to find out where did we come from and, and uh, how long have we been here and are there others out there? Yeah, there's somebody else out there. And uh, you just hadn't got close to him yet. And his name is God. He's a creator. And then the, the Bible declares to us in the beginning that God created a place called heaven and a place called earth. Last week I preached on the subject of hell. And you never read about hell being a created place. You read about it being a prepared place because of what Satan has done. And, and hell is a place prepared for Satan and all of his allies, all of his people. They'll spend eternity in this place called hell. But heaven, on the other end of it, is God's place. It's a place that the Bible describes to us. And I want to try with these lips of clay, I want to try to uh, point your hearts and your eyes of faith toward this place called heaven this morning. We know from studying the Word of God that there's, uh, there's actually three heavens now. And, uh, and maybe that's hard for some people to uh, comprehend. But let me simplify it with this, with this aspect. Go outside and you look up uh, by daytime. You look up into the sky and what you see out there is the first heaven. Go back out there the same day, the same, uh, same spot, same location, and walk out there at night. And what you see out there by night is second heaven. But the third heaven is the place that no man has ever seen yet uh, here on earth. No man has ever traveled out there and, and seen the third heaven Heaven is this place that we're going to be preaching about today is what you see not in the daytime or the nighttime, but it's what you see by faith. Faith in what the Word of God tells us about what heaven is. And I'm thankful, I want to be honest with you, I'm thankful that God has created a place called heaven. I want to talk, number one, about the, the properties of heaven. It is a real place. It's not a figment of our imagination. It's not a, another a fourth dimension that and if we tarry long enough, if we try hard enough that we can enter into. It's nothing like that. It's not a figment of somebody's imagination. Heaven is a real place. I own a little bit of property down here on this earth. It's under an acre. I always dreamed of maybe having maybe two, three acres of my own to where I didn't have somebody just butted up to me next, next door, but that's not been the will of God for my life. And I, I moved up here to a place where uh, evidently the land is made out of gold. They evaluate it that way anyway. And so I had to buy me a little piece of what I could afford and a little piece of property up under. An a and I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm grateful for what God has given me. I thank God for that little piece of property. And even at that, I have to pay taxes on it. They charge me to live there is what it amounts to. Our government charges me to live on that little piece of real estate. But you know, I, I've got a, another piece of real estate. I, I, didn't, I didn't 
buy it. I didn't pay for it. As a matter of fact, it just comes along with the deal that I got in on whenever I got born again. And it's a place called heaven. And it's a real place. It's a real piece of property that I'm going to inherit one day. And it's reserved for me and all of us who are saved by the good grace of God. This place called heaven is a real place. A real place. Brother Keith came to my house here a little while back and helped me work on a, a little construction problem. Bobby, I see Bobby's made it. And Bobby and Keith came by and they helped me work on a little construction project that I had going on in my backyard. Well, you know what? Over there, the grand master carpenter has created and built what I'm going to move into. And it's not rickety. It's not, it's not a, a little thrown up thing. It is made by somebody that is the master designer and architect of everything God Almighty. And it's a real place. Barbara Walters did a little, uh, before she passed away, she did a special TV special in which she traveled the earth. And she went all the way around the earth and she interviewed people. And she interviewed Buddhists and Muslims. She uh, interviewed Christians and she even interviewed atheists. And they ask, she asked every one of them what they believed heaven was. And there was so many, and they made a big production out of it, aired it on TV, and uh, where, what is heaven, where is heaven, who's in heaven, and all like that. And they had all these varied uh, elements about what they believed heaven was. Of course, atheists didn't believe in heaven. They don't believe in anything except themselves, and that's a poor quality of life, if you ask me. I'd hate to know that all I believed in was me. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm not going to go there. But anyway, the atheists, they interviewed them, and, and she found out that eight out of ten people, most uh, uh, everybody believes that there's a place called heaven. Not all of those even believe in a place called hell, but they do believe in a place called heaven. There was many different ideas of what heaven is. Some believed it was just a, a figment of their, their mind and you could arrive at it in your own mind. And they believed that it was the goodness down here on this earth and on and on and on they went. Well, according to the word of God, heaven is a created place. A place created by God and God alone knows what heaven really is. And I want us to consider some things this morning from the word of God about what, what heaven is this morning. It is God's dwelling place. He said that God dwells in the eternal place. It is his throne and the earth is his footstool. That's a mighty big God. Can I get a witness right there? And God created this place called heaven. There's no power failures. There's no tsunamis to threaten his shores. There's no hurricanes. There's no Brother Leo bursted water pipes. There's no Brother Jeff broken appliances. There's no heaven quakes. That's going to upset it. There's no politicians, thank God, to take it over. There's no moth, no rust to corrupt his structures. It is forever. It is a place made by God, and God dwells there in this place called heaven. It's a radiant place. 
It has a city, and the streets of that city are paved with pure gold. Brother Mays Jackson, years ago, an old-time preacher man, he pointed out that the Bible talks about the street, the street of the city. He, did, he said there were not many streets. He said, bless God, he said, every street up there is Main Street, amen, and they're all paved with gold, amen. And I, hey, God uses gold to pave the street up there with. I mean, this is an amazing place that we call heaven. The Bible says that, that God dwells in the light that no man can approach unto. That's how I know they've not gotten near God up there with their spacecraft. Because they, all they see out there is blackness. If they got even near God, there'd be a light just begin shining. And they, they couldn't get over the brightness of the light. It's brighter than any sun. And it's called the light of God. You ever read about this place called heaven? It's got a city. And God built the city. And the Bible says about that city, it says, John wrote about it. And he says that he went to this holy city and he said the, it had the glory of God in it. Her light was like under stone most precious. It said her, even a jasper stone said it had a great and high wall, had 12 gates in it. And every gate was made out of solid pearl. I can't even fathom something. Huge gates. I mean, this oyster that gave up that pearl must have been a really big. I mean, the gates of this city are pearl. It said that the building of the wall of it was of jasper. I mean, the walls are made out of jasper. I've not seen anything come near that down here. on the. And I've seen some mighty impressive structures down here built by man. It said that the city was pure gold. My soul, can you imagine walking into a city and you look all the way around you and it's nothing but pure gold. And they say that the gold is so pure that it's clear. You can see through the gold and, it's, and you walk, you look down and you're walking on gold. I'm talking about a real place called heaven. The foundations of the wall of the city are garnished with all manner of precious stones. It's got jasper, sapphire, carcidone. It's got emerald. It's got sardonyx. It's got sardius and chrysolite and beryl and topaz and chrysosite. I don't even know what some of these are, but God used it to build this city of heaven. And those of us who are saved are going to a mansion made out of this stuff. I like what the King James Bible calls it. It said, in my father's house are many mansions. The other versions they say in my father's house in many rooms. There's a big difference between a room and a mansion. I'm headed to a mansion made by God, the architect of the universe. And, and by the way, they talk about how bad this earth is and how, how corrupt it is. And it is corrupt and I understand. But God's done a pretty good job of creating it. And it's sustaining and lasting to where here we are. Some 6,000 years later, the sun still shines, the moon still is bright, and we, we still live with oxygen going through. Our, God's done a pretty good job of creating this thing. I would say amen and amen. A little girl was walking with her dad one day at night, and they were walking along there hand in hand, just looking up at all the stars, the twinkling stars, and the little girl stopped and she said, Dad, 
She said, if heaven is this pretty on the wrong side, just imagine what it is on the right side. Oh, we can't even comprehend how beautiful and glorious heaven is over on the right side where God is. It's a restful place. Oliver B. Green wrote many commentaries down in his years. And when he died, he was writing a commentary on the book of Hebrews. And the very last verse that he wrote a comment about was out of Hebrews chapter 4, I believe it's verse 9, where it says, There remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. And he died and went to heaven. A place of rest. Oh, somebody opened in prayer this morning. I said, prayed this morning. They talked about everything that, I believe it was Brother Ron, everything that we've all been through this week. And you think about all that every one of us in this room have faced just this week. I mean, things that upset us, things that, that just got, got on every nerve that we've got and, and just a, a busy week and full of all the stuff that we encountered week in. And we, there's a place over yonder called heaven. And when we enter there, it's just going to be a time of rest. And peace to God's people. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to going to a place where there's no more of this junk down here. The Bible says, Revelation 14, 13, I heard a voice out of heaven saying, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors. <laughs> rest and their works do follow them. Rest from their labors. Some of you are so tired you can't even hold your eyes open this morning. And that's what this world, that's what these old, and I'm not, I'm not cutting down on anybody. I understand what it is to say. Y'all are my heroes. Y'all worked hard all this week, gone through all that you've gone through, and you sit here and you, you try to stay awake and you listen to some old fat preacher get up here and run his jaws for about 45 minutes and you sit there and try to act like you're in. Y'all are my heroes, amen? But I don't see how some of you do it at times. We're on medications just trying to make it through, you know. Man, I'm telling you what, there's a place over there called heaven. There's not one pharmacy, no need for a prescription or pills. And thank God it's a place where we can have rest forever and ever and ever. I want to talk about the people of that place. It's the blood-washed multitude, and they love to sing. I read about it in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. It says, and they told him about this blood-washed multitude. They, says, they sing a song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the, the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. You think about it, every person that, that we'll encounter in heaven will be right with God. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all have gotten too used to this thing down here. I mean, every person that we see and are with up there in heaven will be right 
with God. We'll finally all be right. We're sitting here this morning with some of us so twisted, we had to screw our socks on to get to church this morning. I'm talking about every, every person up there will be right with God. It's the blood-washed throng of God. There'll be no alcoholics, no drug addicts, no adulterers, no sodomites, no child molesters, no transgender bathrooms, no thieves, no liars, no murderers, no sinners may demand acceptance down here. But over in heaven, they're not allowed. It's a place where people will be right with God. I don't know about you, but I'd love to see that. I know it's never going to happen down here. But there's a place over there that is it's a reality. The Bible says in Revelation 21, 27. says, there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth. Neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Enoch walked with God, and one day God took him there. Elijah went up there in a whirlwind, and God took him to heaven. Down through the years, saints of God have died, and they've entered this place called heaven. And everybody that's been blood washed in the precious blood of Jesus Christ will be there that day. I'm going to tell you, somebody else that'll be there. Babies will be there. All these unwanted babies that we're fighting for down here and trying to, trying to preach against the aborting of, they'll be there. Every one of them will be there. I've got a little brother that I've never seen. I've never, I've never he, he was, would have been a year older than me. And mom had him, he died at birth. And uh, I believe with all of my heart, according to the scriptures, I believe with all of my heart that I'll enter heaven and I'll see my brother. And I don't believe anybody will have to say, hey, that's your brother over there. I believe I'll know him even as he is known. And I'll have my brother that always wanted when I get to heaven. Paul said this about it. He said, I have a, I have a desire. I have a longing to, be, to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Anything that we've ever experienced, any of the good things, the good times that we've experienced down here are pale in comparison to what God's got waiting on us over there. Babies will be there. King David, he had a little baby to die. And he said this about him. He said, I can't bring him back to me, but I know this, I can go and be with him. Amen. Babies will be there. The beloved ones gone ahead of us will be there. Some of you have lost people so close to you, so precious to you. Husbands, wives, daughters, sons, grandmothers, grandfathers. We've all had people depart. I remember my stepdad passing on. And me and Papa were, were close. And Papa died and went on into heaven. When I get there, I'll see Papa again. He won't have all that cancer all over his face anymore that took him out of this world. I'll get to see my, I'll get to see Papa. Old Bill Morris checked out of here and entered heaven. You get to see him one day. Miss Edna, who, who ran this church for years and ran it well, didn't she, Brother Terry? I mean, she ran it good. She kept all the money straight and made sure you knew it too. Amen. 
You didn't get out of line with the money in this church when Miss Edna ruled it. Amen. She's in heaven. I remember her laying on her on her uh, deathbed up there in the hospital. She said, whether I go or whether I stay, I'm a winner either way. And man, she departed this world and entered that place. Your mama's there, Sister Janet. You'll see her again. Oh, what a time that's... Don't tell me there won't be a shout in heaven. I get to heaven and I see all those that have gone on over there. And I, I get to be with them again. I'm going to let out a shout. And the shout that comes out of my mouth will probably push me back over to Venus somewhere. And when I make it back, I'll still be shouting the glory of God. Oh, it's, it's a wonderful thing, this place called heaven. And you know who will be there? The blessed Son of God will be there. Jesus, the one who made it all possible. I've never, my eyes have never seen him. I've never laid eyes on him, yet I love him. And I thank him for what he's done for me. I ought to already be dead and in hell, but he spared my life. And then he saved me and, and he's kept me saved all these years. I wake up every morning saved, Brother Warren. I wake up that way. Why? Because of Jesus. Not because of anything I've done. You're not saved because of anything you've done. You've not kept yourself saved. We're saved by the good grace of Jesus Christ. And we're kept saved that way. And one day we'll get to see the one who made it all possible. Old John Jasper was a black slave back in his day. And he preached and preached to different slaves and all. And he even pastored a church at one time. And he pastored, I forget, the, the fifth, the fifth something, something, something church. But anyway, he pastored that church, said that he got to church one Sunday morning. Said he was so overwhelmed in the spirit uh, that he just couldn't even, he couldn't even get out of his seat and make his way to the pulpit. He said the people just sat there and they said, preach, preach. And he tried to get them to go on home. He couldn't even say anything. And finally, after some while, he got up out of that seat and he came over to the pulpit. He said, I had a dream last night. He said, I dreamed that I went to heaven. He said, I got to heaven and a mighty angel came to me. He said, John Jasper, here's your shoes. Put them on. He said, John Jasper, here's your robe of righteousness. Put it on. He said, John Jasper, here's your crown that you worn. Put it on. And John Jasper said, I was so overwhelmed by all that the angel was wanting me to have. He said, Mr. Angel, he said, I sure appreciate the shoes. I appreciate that beautiful robe of righteousness. And thank you for the crown. But all I want to do right now is see Master Jesus. He said, that's the only one I'm wanting to see right now. He said, thank you for all that other stuff. But just show me Jesus. Can I say this, that when we finally, our eyes do finally behold the one who made it possible that we're saved, I believe I'm going to see some of y'all shout that ain't never shouted in your life. I'm going to stand back and enjoy that. I'm going to say, Lord, pour it on. Pour it on. I'm going to see Josh Jackson just come unglued. Can you imagine that? Oh, calm Josh. Josh is going to... You're going to think he's turbocharged. <laughs> Amen. I want to talk about the purpose of heaven. It'll be to praise the Lamb. I read an article by someone the other day. It was an old article that I kept, and 
I ran across it and I was just reread it. And it was by somebody that claimed that they were once saved and uh, was, you know, churchified and all like that. But they decided they didn't want all that church stuff. And the, the article that they wrote was published in one of the, like, New York Times or something like that. And, you know, they'll publish stuff like this in, in uh, places like that. But he said, I once was a Christian. And he said, I, I even believed in hell. And he said, I believed in hell because I believed if I didn't believe in it, I'd go over there. And so he went through all this mental reasoning. He said, but I don't believe all that stuff anymore. He said, I don't believe in no heaven. He said, matter of fact, God, if, if, you, if you did save me, take it back. I don't want it anymore. He said, I don't want to be in a place where, and where there's, I'm floating around on a cloud and, and strumming a harp and knowing that my buddies are in a place called hell. No. He said, take it back. I don't want to go there. He's an idiot. He's an idiot to even think like that or write like that. I'm going to tell you something. To be able to be privileged to go to this place called heaven is beyond comprehension to think that God would take somebody like me and give him a, a reservation in this place called heaven. I'm so thankful. And you talk about praising him, I'm going to praise him. It'll be a place where we praise him for the book he wrote, for the blessings of witness. How many of you in here are blessed? This morning. You got blessings untold. If, you, if we started right now. And every one of you stood up. And started talking about the blessings. That you have just today. We, we wouldn't even get out of here tonight. It would go on and on and on. We're all blessed people. And it's all because of Jesus Christ. We'll praise him for the battles. He won on our behalf. Oh thank God for the battles. Thank God for the battles that he's brought us through. Can I get a witness right there? But I want to say this. Not only will we praise him, it'll be a place where we'll, he'll plainly reveal the mysteries we've not understood down through the years. I don't understand a lot. I don't understand a lot of what's going on. There's still a lot in this book that I don't understand. I, I don't quit reading it because I don't understand it, but I just keep reading it. And God will show me a little bit here and a little bit there, but there's going to be a day where God's going to reveal everything. Think about this. The one who wrote this book is going to sit down and teach us exactly what he meant. He's going to teach us everything that he's ever, ever, everything that ever mystified. Some of you are going through things right now and you don't understand. Why, God? One day we are going to understand it better by and by, Brother Warren. Your theme song is going to be a reality over there. We will understand things better by and by. I get a, every Sunday I get a few texts from different preachers. And I got one this morning. And I thought I'd read it to you. It was from Brother Mark Sechrist up in West Virginia. You know him, Brother Nathan. Brother Nathan carried me a couple of times up there to preach a camp meeting that Brother Mark used to have. And he and this is a quote from uh, something he read, uh, written by a man named Tripp, T-R-I-P-P. -P. He said this, he said, Our hope is not found in understanding why God allowed suffering into our lives. Our hope is not found in the belief that somehow we will tough our way through. Our hope is not found in doctors, lawyers, pastors, 
family or friends. A hope is not found in our resilience or ingenuity. A hope is not found in ideas or things. Though we may look for all those for temporary help, ultimately, our hope rests in the faithful and gracious presence of our Lord with us now. He is not weakened by what weakens us. He's not confused by what confuses us. He does not suffer from the mood swings that afflict us. He's not afraid like we are. He never makes a bad decision. He never finds himself out of control. He never wants to take back his words. He never regrets the way he's behaved. He never responds impulsively. His choices are never driven by anxiety. He never dreads the next day. He never wants to give up. He is never frustrated by the inability to make a difference. He is with us. But the reason that this is wonderfully comforting is that He is completely unlike us in every way. He is limitless in power. He has authority over everything. He is perfect in every way. He dwells with us and He assures us that He will never leave us. Wow, what a God, what a God. And he's going to explain things to us one glorious day that didn't make any sense to us down here. And we will understand it better by and by. I've talked about the properties of heaven. I've talked about the people of heaven. I've talked about the purpose of heaven. But I want to talk lastly about the preparation for heaven. How does someone get there? I want to ask you something. Do you know that you're going to this place called heaven? Are you 100% assured in your spirit by the word of God that you're going to heaven? There is a heaven, there is a hell, and I wouldn't take a chance on either one. I wouldn't take a chance on either one. I would want to know for sure that I'm going to this place that God created called heaven. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The Bible says that there's, neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name given among men under heaven whereby we must be saved. It's through Jesus Christ and Him alone. There was a man that just got kicked out of a mall because he wore a T-shirt that said, Jesus saves. They kicked him out of the mall, said our policies don't tolerate that. Jesus saved. On the back it said he's the only way. That's the truth. This this generation's offended by truth today. Over there, they won't be kicking anybody out. Matter of fact, they've tried to kick God out. God never was voted in. Nobody said, I'm going to let God be God. He's, he's just God. Because he wasn't voted in, he'll never be voted out. He'll never, there'll be, never be a coup in his government. He'll be God no matter who rebels against him. And he's always got things under control. Some years ago, I want to ask you something. Have you got a reservation? I want you to take your Bibles while I'm talking about it. Come to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, I want you to see something. 
When you find 1 Peter, I want you to stand. I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture. First Peter chapter 1. Peter writing, and you remember Peter, he's the one that denied the Lord at one time, got right with God and preached on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people got saved. Peter wrote these words. He said, verse number 3 of First Peter 1, he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now watch this. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away. Here it is. Reserved in heaven for who? For you. Do you have a reservation in heaven made by Jesus Christ and his shed blood? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when you die, and all of us are going to die, all of us will. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when it's your time to leave this world and go, that you're going to a place called heaven? If you don't know that, you can know that before you leave this building by trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Years ago, me and some college buddies decided, sis, you come on to the piano. Is she in here? Okay. I didn't see her. Years ago, men, when I was in college over in Valdosta, me and some buddies decided we'd just take us a road trip. We were going to go south, but we wound up getting on the interstate and going north. And we wound up in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And when I was a little boy, every year the Dell family went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee for two weeks. And we always, that was the Dell vacation, and we always stayed in Jack Huff's number two. Well, when we got up there to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, it was late of the night. And every sign we passed was said, no vacancy, no vacancy. It was a special time of the season. You know how Gatlinburg goes. And so there we were, no place to stay. And I said, listen, I said, me and... My daddy used to bring me up here every year. And I, there's a motel right around the corner named Jack Huff's Number 2. Jack Huff owns it. And that's where we stayed every year when we came up there. I said, turn right here. I said, it's right down, about a block down. And sure enough, there stood Jack Huff's Number 2. And so on the sign out front of the thing, it said, no vacancy. So I walked in just a young cocky buck I walked in I said uh, me and some of my buddies just need one room for the night he said we don't have any I said really and I make a long story short I asked him I said is Jack Huff here he said he just happens to be here I said can I speak to him and he went in the back and and just meant this old man came shuffling out (laughs) he said can I help you son I said, do you remember Lawtondale? That was my dad. I said, do you remember Lawtondale? He said, yeah, I remember Lawton. I said, well, Lawton was my daddy. And I said, me and some of my buddies just left Valdosta, Georgia, just on a 
spur of the moment ride and I said we need a place to stay he said I got one room in the back he said I'll let you and your buddy stay there for one night I got a room because I knew somebody I got a motel room because I knew somebody I'm going to heaven because I know somebody and his name is Jesus Christ you're not going if you don't know him you're not going to enter this place called heaven without Jesus Christ so with that in mind I want to ask you again are you going do you have has Jesus reserved you a place up in heaven has he got it picked out just for you you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he has if you would simply trust him call upon him say Lord I know I'm a sinner I need to be saved at that moment of time he'll write your name down and you'll get a reservation for eternity in this place called heaven Heads are bowed and eyes are closed.